0: Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and today is April 6th. It's a Thursday, 2023. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, we're going to have a nice show for you today. One of my two guests has already called in. I hope the other one does. I've got the Maria Armstrong here, Dr. Armstrong, one of my favorite people in all of education. She knows that. Okay. Dr. Armstrong, the wonderful Maria, is the executive director of the Association of Latino Administrators and Superintendents. And with one-third of our students, okay, in this country being of Latino descent, okay, it is extremely important that people who are Latino stay in the classroom, become administrators, take care of their needs, show these kids that they are great role models. And so that's why it's so important that Maria does the work she does with Allah. So they always, do, they always do good stuff. I'm also expecting a wonderful superintendent, but he hasn't called in yet, which I'm surprised about. Uh, Rene Sanchez, okay, is the superintendent of Champlain Valley School District in Vermont, a rural school district outside of Burlington. Beautiful area, by the way, okay, near Sherbrooke and all that sort of stuff. But it is rural. Okay, so I'm very glad that he's going to, I hope he's going to be with us today, but if not, we'll talk to Marie about things going on with Alas, etc. All right, we'll archive the show at ace-ed.org dot o r is the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education, and we do believe in that, especially these days, okay? We really and truly do, all right? And so if you go over there, you're going to see that our New issue of the magazine or online journal, Equity and Access, is now available for you. And it is an excellent issue. The cover story being about all the challenges with books in school, libraries, and classrooms. So please check it out. It is an equity question. It is an access to learning question. We took a survey. We've got the results of it inside the magazine And I'll tell you, it is really important. Everything we do is free over there at ace-ed.org. We're all about equity. And if you want to work and help us work with that, put your voice into the mix, please go over to ace-ed.org. You'll see the podcast link. You'll see the magazine. Just click through and enjoy. Again, it's all free. We want you to be a part of all this. Anyway, I'm Larry Jacobs, and my guest is the one and only Maria Armstrong. And hi, Maria. Good morning to you. Where are you today?
1: Hey, Larry. Good morning. I am in D.C. I'm finally home for a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good enough to be on the road. Wow, that's great. It's a beautiful day, I hope, down there. Cherry blossom time.
1: Well, you know, the cherry blossoms, uh, they've pretty much come and gone now. But last week, they were in full bloom, which was awesome. Um, but uh, it's been, you know, I think we hit like 88 yesterday, something like that. <laughs> good. But You're <laughs> <laughs> Bring I'm it to me. Not to complain about it. <laughs> yeah, don't
0: complain. No complaint. So you'd be you'd be an official New Englander if you did that. And speaking of New Englanders, Renee has joined us. Renee, I'm Larry. Welcome to the show, Doctor Sanchez or Mister Sanchez. How how do they, are it's, you, Doctor or Mister Renee? What do, I'm, I'm gonna a, call you
2: Renee. but are you, Doctor or Mister? I'm a Mister for right now. I'm still working on that uh, elusive uh, PhD, but I but putting things down in writing. <laughs>
0: There's there's a way to get that applied to the University of Larry. I own it. I run it. It's (laughs) uh, uh, 140-character doctoral thesis. You'll have it by this afternoon. No problem whatsoever. Okay? Today it's a pleasure to meet you. you. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Okay, I really, really appreciate you being here. I know you're busy. I I had a note somewhere that said you need to be off by 11 o'clock. It's 1035 now. Is that still
2: the case? No, I'm good. I'm actually good. Okay, good. I just need to be I have a I have another thing at uh, at about 12, so uh, oh, I'm good. good. We're good. I'm in
0: Maine, so we're on the same time zone here, okay, up in New England with you. All right. And I hope uh, we just have a little bit of snow left on the ground, not much. Okay. Well, how about in uh, Vermont? What's doing in Champlain Mallory, uh, Sherbrooke. I can't
2: I can't uh, I can't see any snow anywhere, which is fantastic. It's like 30 something <laughs> wow. degrees today. Wow. So it's, it's wonderful.
0: After, I think all the yeah. snow in New England is still left on my lawn. That's the only place I see it too, <laughs> but it's still all there for goodness. And it'll melt over the next few days. I going to start off with Maria. Maria, tell everybody about ALAS, which is just a terrific organization. And again, I'm going to say it again. We have to be representative of the kids we teach. Okay. And, For obvious reasons, it's important to have Latino administrators and superintendents, and I might add teachers, okay, educators in in American schools. So with that intro, Maria, just talk about your work with ALAS.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that – that's one of the areas that we're always trying to increase our representation. But more importantly, you know, ALAS is the – we like to say we are the premier organization for those who may not come from the same background, um, or experiences, but to come and be a part of us uh, at our table to to be our our guest, so that you can too can learn about the varied cultures uh, within um, the Latino community. Uh, yep. Because we have we have a, a very diverse um, uh, group of individuals that, that come from all over. And so, you know, but we're lumped into one big bucket, right? And so, we want to make yes, sure are.
0: that You're those right. You're right.
1: those that are that are that are in front of our, 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 our students that they have an understanding of those cultural nuances, so that we can better serve um, at the end of the day, better serve our kids. And so, it's not just you know you the misnomer is you have to be Latino to be a part of the organization. And the, the reality is we want Good everybody point. there so that, so that we're sharing our, our experiences. And so um, ALAS is getting ready to celebrate its 20th summit anniversary in October. Uh, so we're going back to um, San Antonio, Texas, uh, where we'll be hosting our annual um, summit. So we want to invite everybody, especially those who maybe have not even heard or they're hearing for the first time of what um, ALAS is, uh, that it even exists. They could come out and, and um, you know, take a look and see if this is something that they um, you know, would want to be a part of to be able to learn and just, you know, we gotta be in this boat together. So yep. so as you said as you said earlier, the population of our Latino students, um, it has been uh growing. Um Tremendous. And, and many of you know, we've been here a long, 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 long time and so um it, it stands to reason why why we do what we do. But more importantly, I'm super excited, Larry, to have uh, Rene uh, Sanchez, Me superintendent, too. out of Vermont, because um, he's got some excellent news that he's going to be able to share outside of his own experiences that I'm sure you're going to want to you're gonna to want to poke and prod about.
0: <laughs> I am going to. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. That was good. And, and actually, what you said was very, very important. And sometimes we do forget that 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 Latino is that big generic word. And I don't know the actual number, but there's probably we're talking about probably 40 nationalities. Okay. Uh, each with a different mm-hmm. culture, a unique culture, I might add, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And we, we also think everybody speaks Spanish, and, of course, we're also talking mm-hmm. about Brazil and Portugal, okay, and those countries, all right, they they speak Portuguese, quite obviously, or, or they come from that area, et cetera. And one of the things I just have to say, which you are dead on right, is that – I'll just use the generic again – Kids from those cultures, okay, which is absurd at this point in time, are to some degree are still struggling, okay? And mm-hmm. we have to mm-hmm. have that. That has to stop, okay? Those kids yeah. are no different. And you're going to San Antonio for your conference, you know, along the border, okay? And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about immigration. I'm talking about the school districts, okay? They can be pretty rural along the border. Okay, and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of Latino kids there, and they are struggling, and they are under-resourced, and although they're rural, they are under-resourced, okay? So we have to be very, very aware of this, and for urban districts, you have to be sure that these kids are well taken care of as well, and that we understand the culture and engage them and make them feel at home. So you are dead on right, Marie, and one day I'm going to do – do you know the number? What's the – what's the or maybe Renee, what's the count of – Different cult, different different countries that we call Latino. Is it around
2: forty? Does anybody know, Renee? I I don't know off the top of my head, but it's gonna it would be everything, everything south of the United States, and yeah. then uh, and then Portugal and Spain. So yeah. that's a lot of countries.
0: It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm going to do a count. It's all the Central America and South America. Okay, and then again, well, obviously the but- two European cultures. It's. Amazing. We also
2: have to look into yeah. the islands as well, because that's going to include, that's, you know, well, you. Puerto Rico's exactly. is our territory, and we include thank you. Cuba. Uh, and so there's, I mean, there's there's quite a few.
0: And, and, and by the way, all those island nations, please forgive me. I was thinking, I wasn't thinking of you on the map, right? That's why I apologize for that. Of course, Puerto Rico, of course, Cuba, et cetera. When you think about it, the two European countries aren't that big. But look at the culture they have spread. That's a really interesting (laughs) thing. They aren't that big. All right. And it's amazing that you're talking about 400 years ago and look, look, or 500 years ago and look how, look how the culture has stayed and spread. It's very interesting. Okay. Really is something. That's the old history teacher in me talking. Renee, welcome to our podcast. I'm really glad you're here today. Thanks for being here and taking some time out. Uh,
2: Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: You're more than welcome. So are, are you from uh, – let me ask a couple of questions. A, are you from Vermont? And B, t- tell us, brag a little bit about your San Plain
2: Valley district. So uh, earlier you were talking about rural districts uh, in Texas and urban districts in Texas. So yeah. I'm originally from a, uh, what used to be a small town along the Texas border called Edinburgh. And so when I was growing up, it was uh, it was it was pretty small. But now that area of, of Texas has uh, it's blown up quite a bit. And so the, there's there is a huge population down there. Um, and so uh, one of the things that I would invite uh, listeners to check out is uh, if you look at the performance of the the, the districts along the the Rio Grande Valley uh, I'm sorry uh, the Rio Grande River down in the Rio Grande Valley they have they have a tendency to to overperform what people might think that that Latinos are able to accomplish and so I I don't know if the the research has been done on that but it is it is welcome to see that these rural districts are doing rather well um, That's and as great. far as urban goes you're you are absolutely correct you're absolutely on point that sometimes um, our Latino students do get forgotten uh, within the realm of of, yeah. of urban districts, um, and so uh, it's important to me. I, so I've worked in in Austin and in Houston, uh, in those districts, and so um, fortunately, those two districts they they do put a heavy emphasis on making sure that our that our Latino students are being served, um, and so that's where I'm from, and so. Uh, I, uh, uh, almost 20 years ago, I married an upstanding young lady from Vermont, and so when <laughs> it came to looking for, super, for superintendencies, uh, we were able to find this amazing district here in Vermont uh, uh, about oh, a year and a half world. ago. Yes, uh, about a year and a half ago, and uh, we moved here, uh, and we love it. So our my district uh, is one of the largest, if not the largest, in Vermont. We have the largest high school, um, and which is called Champlain Valley Union High School. Um, And we are we are known for our proficiency-based learning. We are known for our our personalized learning. Uh, We uh, we also have our um, our elementary and middle schools are combined. So we have our K-8s, and they're able to serve our students. Uh, within houses or cohorts of students, and the parents really appreciate that that their students are with the same teachers, whether they're looping, or if they are um, able to have the same teacher over and over, so that that way they are able to build the relationships that are necessary for our students to be successful. Um, The other thing I want to brag about is, and some of this is emblematic of Vermont, but some of this is also inherent to our school district, is that uh, even before I arrived, there was a focus on equity and being able to um, wrestle with that topic because uh, anything having to do with learning, anything having to do with diversity, equity, inclusion, all of those things, they're truly a journey. So there are going to be fits and starts. Nobody's going to be perfect. You know, it's not a straight line. And so, um, you know, we've had our, we've had our share of, of, of issues. But in essence, what we're trying to accomplish is delivering the best possible education for our students, providing the education that they deserve. Um, as well as making sure that we have the outcomes in mind from when they join us as pre-kindergarten students all the way till they graduate from us uh, when they finish the 12th grade.
0: That's good stuff. And by the way, I know your area quite well. We go over there quite often. I love it over there at Burlington. It's the Burlington, the south of Burlington, everybody. Okay, and it's, it's just a great part of the world. I mean, I know it well. I live in Maine. We get over there all the time to see friends, et cetera. And next time I'm over there, I'll stop in and say hello to you, Mr. Sanchez. Oh, okay, absolutely. I'll, I'll be there, and I'll Love buy to. you a creamy. I'll buy you a creamy or a Ben and Jerry's. We'll go there. <laughs> okay, with <Whatever. laughs> a. He knows what I'm talking about. Okay, uh, yeah, great I, ice I, cream. I, yeah, yeah.
2: I, 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 <laughs> we'll do advertising for creamies another time. But yeah, Ben's they're so they're good.
0: pretty they're pretty good. I know this stuff, Maria. OK, it's amazing. And, and you know, you, and by the way, every district in the country has issues. Don't, you, you know darn well you're not alone on that. And those issues of equity come up all the time. And it brings up an interesting, the, the diversity in your district. And I believe Vermont, I'm, I'm pretty sure of this. And again, I live in Maine, but I think we're number two. OK, I think Vermont is the least diverse, if I may, state in the country. Renee, what's the, what's the, the diversity in, in your school district, if I may?
2: So I think Maine and Vermont are duking it out for the number one spot. <laughs> yeah, uh, or at least, really, we're duking at least it out for the, diverse, number, for the yeah. number two at spot. At least diverse, yeah. Um, and so within within my district, yeah, we we are. Um, it is very homogenous white. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. we do we do have we do have uh, because it is Vermont. We do have a lot of, of students who are um, who have moved here because. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, their, refi- their refugee status. Uh, we do have uh, other students who have moved here because of uh, the military bases that we have in the area. Um, and so we, we are uh, growing in our diversity.
0: So when you talk about, and you are, I, I agree, and, and we are, by the way, just so you know this here in Maine, you'll appreciate this, Maria, there is a huge, of all things, Somali, people from Somalia, Okay, it's a huge, a huge uh, um, diverse uh, group up here, ethnic group. All right, and they moved mostly to Lewiston and then into Portland. Okay, and it's, it's one of the more interesting migrations, if I may, that I find going on. So you never know how these things are going to shake out everywhere. Okay, and by the way, they do shake out everywhere, literally in all 50 states. And all 50 states are facing this issue. And the issue they face, which which I find very interesting, is that... A lot of the kids here in Maine, here in, over in Vermont, wherever they might be, they're not going to stay where they were. They did. The people don't necessarily stay where they grew up. They sometimes move on. Okay, your kids in Vermont want to go to New York City or wherever the case may be, Chicago, Dallas, whatever it might be. And when they go there, they are going to see this non-homogeneous grouping of people. Okay, that's what a big city is made of. And that's very hard for a school district to, to, to help teach kids that, that the world does not necessarily look like us. Okay. You are going to go to big universities. You're going to go to big places, et cetera. And it's a real challenge for school districts to make sure that kids understand this is a big world out there. You're going to travel, et cetera, et cetera. And when I say that, okay. And you look at that kind of a challenge, Renee, what, what, what comes to mind? How does the school district handle that? If In fact, they even do. So uh,
2: there's a couple things. So there's two things that we've already accomplished in in this first year and a half. So number one, we undertook an equity audit. Um, wow. Kind of at the the, the second sem- at the end of actually For over you. the course of last uh, at the second semester last year, uh, we brought in an organization where they conducted surveys, they held focus groups. Um, they did kind of some interim uh, check-ins with 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 the data, uh, and then they produced a they produced a report on the the items that we needed to work on as a as a school district. Um, and so, uh, you know, really, it's the four things is really having a uh, having an eye towards becoming more of a um, uh, a data analysis. Uh, a, a data analytical district, making sure that we have common data, and then making sure that we keep an eye on, our, um, on creating a more uniform curriculum uh, kind of expectations there. Uh, making sure that we have opportunities to diversify our workforce and uh, the, all the workforce in the sense of hiring, um, hiring retaining, training, yeah. uh, and recruiting. Uh, and so those are important things. Another aspect is uh, making sure that we get out in the community and we not when we create things whether it's a a strategic plan which I'll get to in a second or a facilities plan or anything else in general making sure that we're involving not just internal stakeholders but also involving um, our families and involving the taxpayers who are um, who are part of the district.
0: Yep, and putting the bill um, on every taxpayer, from, from uh, including ones who don't have kids in school. That's so important. Please continue.
2: Exactly, and then the number one thing that they ask for us to do is, before you do any of these other things, you really need to focus on creating a shared understanding of what diversity, equity, and inclusion is. Because until you do that, everybody's still going to be operating from their own inherent. Mm-hmm. What they believe, what they believe those topics should be. So, with that in mind, we've uh, we have. Uh, uh, so, I have a, a district uh, DEI D-I director, but then we also nice. uh, place DEI D- coaches on each of the campuses, whose job it is to work with uh, the teachers and work with families and work with the administrators, so that as we're developing this shared definition and kind of this idea of how we are addressing it within our classes, they have somebody on staff who's there in the building who's able to um, assist them on a regular, if not daily basis. And so they've been meeting with families. They've been meeting with PTOs. They've been meeting with administrators uh, to, and teachers to develop this shared understanding where we're still kind of in the final draft stage. But now mm-hmm. we're going to have something to go with our district's equity policy, and it's going to be an appendix that's part of the other item that we finished, which is our strategic plan, uh, where the number one thing that we are focused on as a district is um, academic growth and belonging. And so for us, we want to make sure that we are, like I mentioned earlier, focused on our students from PK to 12. So that Absolutely. means as we're developing, as we're developing the metrics and the actions for our students, that we're looking at it from the point of view, okay, so in in kinder, they should be able to do this. First grade, they should be able to do this so that by the time they get to, by the time they graduate, we know exactly where they're supposed to be. We have a a portrait of a graduate. We have these uh, expected graduation skills that that we have, but what I would like to be able to have our, our strategic plan do is have us emphasize, well, these these skills are uh, wonderful because they were developed um, as part of a community, but we want to make sure what is expected of the kindergarten students and the kindergarten teachers, what are expected of the first-grade teachers and the first-grade right. teachers, so, so that that way we have the ability to say these students have met these expectations for this grade level so that we, if they're meeting it, great, we can offer some enrichment. If they're not, we need to make sure that we're attempting to address it in Tier 1, um in tier one education if not we're going to need to find some sort of intervention to be able to help them
0: well said well so, well said i got to tell you all of that go ahead continue
2: please but to get but, Would to, you like but to, to get back to your question but to get back to your question is the uh the idea that we have to begin to include uh within our curriculum within our field trip opportunities within our the other mm. expectations The students being able to see themselves in the curriculum, to see themselves uh, from the point of view, uh, whether it's within Vermont or it's in, you know, like you were mentioning, some other part of the world. Exactly. Uh, Whether it's it's, – and and I I am the reverse example. So I grew up in deep south Texas where it was 98% uh, Latino, largely Mexican-American. Um, and heavily Catholic. So then I go to Notre Dame at, for undergrad, and it's 6% Latino and heavily Catholic. Uh, yep. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, then a lot of it. But now here I am in, in Vermont where it's less than 2% Latino, and I'm having to be able to code switch and be able to, to lead people who are, um, who are learning the way that I see the world. Um, you are the so shining example
0: of everything we're talking about here.
2: You are. You've gone right, from so one border I, to the other, from
0: south to north, okay? And and, 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 and you've been a leader and a successful man. And, and look at that role model that you portray to the to the students of the district. Look at that. It's amazing. I congratulate sir. It, it's, 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 you, sir. Thank you, sir. I really do congratulate you. That's great, Renee. And uh, i got to tell you, you can't go any further north in the country. You've got to start moving east or west, by the way. You're only an hour from the border. Okay, that's simple. All right, and uh, yeah. So you know, I just want to ask you when when you have your DEI coordinators, and of course you have one at, at, uh, up in administration. Okay, and your superintendent. I know you've been talking to these folks, etc. Okay, when all said and done, what what is the goal of the DEI? I mean, the DEI words are easy to say. But in the end, what, what, do you, what do you want to happen? How's it, how do you want it to manifest itself?
2: So there are so many things, whether it's systems or um, processes within those systems, uh, where it is, that we have to unpack. Because there are things yeah. that people have to unlearn, and, so, <laughs> and at the same time that they're learning new things. And so uh, what we're, and that's why having that, finding that shared definition, that shared course of what diversity, equity, inclusion is critical. So diversity, equity, inclusion is going to appear in our academics. It's going to appear in our uh, social emotional learning. It's going to appear in our discipline. It's going to appear in our career and technical education. Um, it's going to appear in almost every facet of what we offer as a school district. And so one of the things that I also have to uh, make sure that people remember is that we also need to make sure that our students who are neurodiverse are included um, in the list of students for whom we are attempting to um, offer them uh, services within diversity, equity, and inclusion because frequently uh, around the country they are often forgotten. Uh, in, these, uh, in these planning processes. Um, and so for me, it's critical that we really develop a strong baseline of where we are right now um, so that that way we know what training we need to provide. We know what systems we need to uh, change or improve upon um, or eliminate. And as we roll out this strategic plan, we know what actions are going to serve um, are going to serve our priorities, you know, we have to be able to measure those actions. And then we also have to know who is responsible for those actions because we want to make sure that if we're saying that we're going to do something, then somebody has to be in charge of it so that it gets done. Because mm-hmm. um, if you otherwise, it may not get done and, and that's not fair to the kids.
0: It, it it is not. And by the way, since you mentioned neurodiversity, I, I, you may know these people. Are you familiar with Landmark College in Vermont?
2: I am. Yes, I am familiar with okay.
0: that. Yes. Yeah, they're good friends of mine, and they are a college for neuro—literally uh, a higher education institution for high, for for children, children, for students who are neurodiverse. And I'd be happy to. And they work with high schools all the time. And I'd be happy to introduce you if you ever want to link over there. Okay. That'd be my pleasure. Yes. They're good friends.
2: Okay. Yes, Would you like do. me to do that? Uh, one of the, yes, that'd be great. Um, especially since um, Vermont does, uh, does support students both in, while they're in high school and then shortly after high school uh, with paying for some of their courses. So if we have neurodiverse students who are interested in, in kind of getting some college credits while they're in high school, they're a perfect place to get it done. But then, even better, exactly. if they're able to take advantage of, of it once they graduate.
0: I will introduce you to my friends over there, and we will uh, we'll get you guys together. And however that works out, it's not going to hurt anything. That'll be my pleasure to do that. They're in, in, they're near Brattleboro in little little Putney, Vermont. Okay, which is a cute little. Oh. What town isn't cute in Vermont? Let's be realistic. What town isn't cute in Vermont? Okay. right? That's true. Right. Yeah, you you know, I want to ask you something. You kind of brought this up, and this is a real challenge. And again, you were the way Vermont is a rural state, but you are a suburban district, quote, to their biggest city, which is Burlington. Okay, and um, I am curious. Talk to me. And by the way, you're near a great school, which is UVM. Okay, University of Vermont. And and I'm curious. uh, Talk to me about teacher recruitment. And teacher retention up there, and I will. And by the way, feel free to do a sales pitch. Okay, we're talking to a lot of teachers here <laughs> on the podcast, and and uh, I will say to everybody, it is a great place, Vermont. But you go ahead, and a beautiful place. But uh, just talk about teacher retention, teacher recruitment, whichever one matters more, or both, whatever, Renee. So thank
2: you. So we uh, We are very fortunate. uh, Like you mentioned, we're near Burlington. Uh, We're near um, kind of this, uh, the urban area of Vermont. So we are fortunate to have uh, a lot of uh, families, a lot of teachers live in our area because if they went to UVM or they went to
0: um,
2: St. Michael's or they went to uh, Champlain College, uh, they live uh, kind of, they wanted to stay in the area. So we have been very blessed with uh, being able to have a a six uh, large teaching staff that has uh, stayed with us. And when we have an opening, we have quite a few um, applicants. However, uh, since the pandemic, the the number of applicants has has gone down significantly. Um, And so what I would say is we are still able to hire our teachers on a regular basis, which we're very fortunate, but just like everywhere, when we are looking for you know a highly specific teacher, uh, whether it's a you know a language teacher or a, an elective teacher or a sure. um, high level math or science, those are a little bit harder to come by uh, and so all of us around the state are, are looking for those, especially if we have a have someone leave in the middle of the year so But what I would say, one of the things that we have started this year is um, my director of human resources and my, um, and my diversity director, uh, we have been very focused on, on uh, uh, attending, whether they're webinars or even going to conferences where we can gather uh, from other organizations how we can diversify, how we can Sorry. strengthen the current work- workforce that we have uh, mm-hmm. in order to be able to meet... Uh, in order to be able to meet the needs of our students, so our students can see themselves um, in the educators that we have on, on staff, um, so what I would say uh, one of the one of the things that we did going into this year um, was uh, as kind of a a wellness benefit that we're that we're focusing on with our teachers there's two things really. so one is uh, we for as, as an extra benefit To uh, working with us, we are giving back a $250, I guess, um, uh, stipend for anyone who can show that they're going to be using it for wellness. So if you belong to a gym, or if you buy a if you buy a pass if you buy a pass to you know uh, Cochrans or Killington or or uh, any one of the the ski areas, or if you buy if you buy a pass to the state parks. You turn in that receipt, and we provide you up to two hundred fifty dollars reimbursement uh, for that, I'll be just sorry. because we want to. Yeah, we want to make sure that that people are working on their wellness outside of the building um, as well. The other piece is um, we uh, currently we're working on uh, doing focus groups and, and offering office hours to hear directly from our teachers how we can improve you know, their, their time within our building. Mm-hmm. Their experience, like everywhere, yeah. right. Like everywhere we're struggling with, with teachers and administrators uh being overloaded with work ever since the pandemic. Um And so, and there's a rise on, on student behaviors as well. And so for me and, and for those who are conducting the, uh, the interviews. We're trying to find out is there something that we as a district can do together with teachers and with families to get to that root cause so that that way we can improve the, the, the quality of work um, and the quality of education within our buildings.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. That's great. I, lo- I, I, I love that stipend for, for for those things that that are so darn important. And you just mentioned something that's always on our mind here. Okay. And every superintendent, every school district going through, you know, the SEL with the kids post-pandemic, et cetera. Okay, how are the kids doing right, right now? Are you, are you, where are you on that scale?
2: So uh, we're still trying to serve our kids. I mean, I think yeah. that's the uh, – we, we, uh, we get reports from our administrators and, and from our families and from our teachers that uh, the amount of behavior um, is on the rise. And so and it's I mean it's yeah, on exactly, the news. everywhere. It's uh, people are reading articles about or writing articles about it. So it's everywhere. And so I think what I would like for us to be able to do certainly within the district and and within Vermont is to really kind of reflect on what was it truly like before the pandemic? And you know, what hmm. has changed whether it's whether you know have the students changed, have our expectations changed? Uh, what mm-hmm. exactly has happened because the way that i've been trying to trying to understand is if both the teachers you know because teachers experienced trauma during the pandemic too and so and so and the families did they as sure well did. so if if we're both in a different place than where we were before the pandemic then you know maybe we really need to assess how we you know do school mm-hmm. now yeah. post pandemic yeah. Yeah. Um One of the one of the things that we and I'm sure everybody's struggling with this is that we also have had a really difficult time finding substitute teachers. And so part of part of what we hope to do is provide additional training, additional professional learning for teachers during the workday so that they can so we can have these conversations so we can do this planning. But we haven't been able to. Um, we ha- I guess we haven't had the number of substitutes that we used to have in the past, and as a result, we don't necessarily have that time to work on it during the school day, and yeah. it's also more difficult. It's also more difficult when, say, somebody has to take their their own child to the doctor, or they have a Absolutely. vacation plan and, and, and they leave. Now others are having to cover for them. Um, while they're out rather than they're being kind of a guaranteed substitute so that really wears on teachers and and others as well
0: head over to uvm and get those seniors to come over and substitute they'll love it and they get paid for the day okay and they'd be, they'd be great i mean it really i mean it, it's just um it's it, you're you're facing the same challenges and what you just said a minute ago things are different things have changed you know I always say it's. I'm not the only one. We're stuck in a system that was built 150 years ago. Okay, and we're in a technology age now. We've had a pandemic. Okay, things are different, and it just it, and the challenge of education is that everybody, everybody in the community went through K-12 education. They think the best way to do it is the way it was because they all went through it. Okay, but it is. isn't. We need to look at changes. Okay, and see where we're in good old days, really, as good as we think. Okay, we just got to think on that. Uh, Maria, this is one smart superintendent you brought over here. You still there, Maria?
1: Yeah, you know, I I tell you, he's I couldn't a smart get, to guy. get him on. Yeah, he is um, He's the model that you speak of. and We're
2: super he excited
1: is. to to have him doing the work that he's doing out there. But I also want him to share... Uh, You know, a leader is a leader is a leader, and that's what Renee is. I want him to share um, what he is also doing to be able to spread not only what he's sharing with you today, but to create um, a Northeastern affiliate. And, Renee, can you share a little bit about that?
2: Please do. Sure, I'd be happy to. So I am, you know, I guess I I would have to say that I am – uh, I'm, I'm a product of ALAS. And so, but I <laughs> originally started as part of the Texas Association of Latino Administrators and Superintendents. And so it was really there when I became involved uh, through their mentoring program is where I really got my leadership feet under me, if you will. It, because it was there that I was able to uh, meet leaders who were already at the superintendent or, or cabinet level um, uh, in their careers and listen to what they had to endure, what they were working on and how they were the face of their district and really, you know, in some cases, uh, the face of Texas um, across the country. And so for me, even being a part of that was, was really important. It was also among the first places that I actually heard somebody say, "You know you have the skill set uh to become and to be a successful superintendent, sure and so it was at that point I hadn't even really given it any thought. I was a successful principal, I loved my school, I loved my kids and my teachers um, and uh it was at that point I was like, "Huh, I wonder if I need to start thinking about the next steps so um uh, when in twenty nineteen uh, I mentioned earlier that i went to i went to Notre Dame, I saw that there was going to be some cabinet level positions opening up in the south Bend uh, community school corporation mm-hmm. uh, one of my one of my former superintendents knew the 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 current superintendent, so um he talked to him, so I applied and I was fortunate to uh win the um the assistant superintendent for um for operations. So I oversaw human resources and uh, transportation and oversaw the COVID response. We didn't know about that at the time, but I ended up doing that. (laughs) Um, And so there wasn't one in Indiana. So I became a member of the Illinois ALAS and they took care of me as well. And so some of, some of my best friends, um, in, um, in the business now are from, um, Illinois ALAS. And so, um, then uh, through some encouragement from my superintendent and former superintendents, they said, "Look, uh, oh, I also went through the um, the. You by the way, we got about two, we got about two minutes
0: left. I just want you to know we got about two minutes left.
2: Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, okay, again through ALAS, I went through their superintendent leadership academy over the year uh, during COVID, and it was there uh, with this. our with our mentors that uh, they helped me apply and get ready for for this position. So now wow. what I want to do is be able to give that back yeah. and following the mission of all of us, be very inclusive in recognizing that we have students all across Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, you sure, and Maine, you sure do. Um, that have superintendents and principals and teacher leaders who need to learn more about how to support those students as they come through. And if you learn more about how to support Latino students, you're going to learn more how to support every student that you have in Absolutely. the so, Absolutely. Uh, so with the support of, of, of a couple of other superintendents and, of course, Maria at ALAS, uh, we are going to have our first kind of information session for this event, uh, for this organization, uh, at the end of May uh, this coming year. And so uh, we're hoping to be able to find some superintendents and, and uh, cabinet levels and even principals who are interested in joining us um, so that that way we can better serve our kids.
0: I'm happy to help you get the word out on that. If I can be of help oh, to you, tap in. Don't 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 hesitate for a second. We have to leave in just a minute, and I'm serious about that, Renee. Please don't be shy about that. I'm happy. We are happy here at our group. We publish a magazine. We do the podcast, etc. We're happy to help you get that together. I think it's important. Okay, so don't don't be shy. But I have one. I have one question for you, which I always ask, okay, about Vermont. We'll see how Vermont you are. Are you ready? Maria, are you ready? Okay, listen, See, we'll see if he's smart. Okay, the University of Vermont, okay, is uh, for some reason called UVM. Why isn't it just UV?
2: Because uh, it's the French translation, I think. Uh, Go ahead, keep going, you got it.
0: You got because, it. Because bear is, you is
2: green and M yes, you know, yes. is mountain. Yes. And because it's French like Spanish, it's, um, it's changed. You so, got it. it's the it's University not- of the Green Mountains. Bingo! I'm so glad he, he was he,
1: able to answer that.
2: <laughs> he, he nailed it. He he he
0: gets a just mention my name anywhere. There's a great creamy place where right in Sherbrooke. I used to, I can't it's a, what's the big route is it Route Six. I can't remember. Okay, but the big route that runs right through Sherbrooke, There's a great creamy place down there. Just mention my name. You can have a you have a free creamy.
2: Oh, thank you. There's a, when you come up. There's a there's an amazing place in Jericho, uh, that is my favorite. Uh, that I will take you to get a Creamy. (laughs) It's great.
0: I'm telling you, creamies are the best. Vermont creamies, everybody, are the best ice cream in the universe. Okay. Maria, thank you for bringing Renee here. This was wonderful. Thank you, my dear. Thanks
1: for
2: having
0: us. Always always welcome here. Renee, anything I can do for you, tap in. You know how to get me, okay?
2: Yes, sir. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Both of you have a great day. Okay? Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Maria Armstrong, one of the best people in education, and Renee Sanchez, great to know him, the superintendent of Champlain Valley, Vermont. We're going to archive the show at ace-ed.org. That's where all kinds of cool stuff is, and it's all free for educators. Thanks for listening. I'm Larry Jacobs.